Yeah. Yeah, old school. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, this ain't for everybody. Some of y'all need to hear this. Huh. I know you're in the trenches fighting, but check it out. I'm going to put it down like this so I can help the saints understand. Everything you're going through is all part of the master plan. Or what? You thought because you got saved, everything was going to be peaches and cream? You better wake up, son. Don't nothing come to a sleep of what I drink. Faith without works is dead. Read your Bible. You know what it says. He who don't work, don't eat. Slackers don't get fed. Huh, yeah. Jesus said, he who puts his hands to the plow looks back the same ain't fit. Some of y'all ain't been in the Christmas five minutes and you about ready to quit. I ain't mad at you. I'm just hitting you with the real. If you died for me and I was still tripping, now how you think that make you feel? Check this out. Deep game. This here's deep, huh? Some of y'all ain't sawing nothing but you're started trying to reach, huh? But after him who's able to possess your father's by his glory. Struggles might be part of your testimony, but it ain't the end of the story. Now the point is this was prophesied way back in the day. Choir, sing your hook right here and see if the church can relate. times that we're dealing with because it's a whole lot of crazy ish going on out there right about now you feel it deal me but anyway this is your host you know lamont patterson aka the elixir of love not to be confused with uh you know love tiny hi Royce, you on the line? I'm here. Yes. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, I can hear you now. <laughs> welcome, welcome. How's my volume? Do you hear me loud and clear? I can. Yes. Oh, thank you so, so, so much. Anyway, as I was saying today, we have Royce Gomez with us, and we're going to be talking about the spontaneous journey. And uh, like I was saying a minute ago, and hope everybody heard me with Big Boy Upstairs first, you know, he's made it possible for all of us to find our way. 
And uh, we're going to be talking to Miss Gomez and let her tell us about her story, her journey, and things she went through to get to where she is today. And we're going to talk about her book as well. So again, uh, Ms. Gomez, thank you again for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Lamont. Appreciate the invitation. Oh, it's our pleasure, you know, and and, uh, what's more important is uh, through people such as yourself and the experiences that you've had uh, with your faith and your belief, hopefully uh, uh, we'll touch somebody else out there, some other listeners, and to help them through their journey. I hope so. I love to share my story, which glorifies God and shares what he's brought me through. Well, uh, you know, uh, uh, can I call you Royce? You can. Royce, you know, I was reading some of your stuff, and I understand you went through somewhat of a, a, a hectic marriage. Then um, you're also, you know, a mother. And of course, an author, and uh, I see that you've written a uh, hundred thousand pieces of content. You know, that's fantastic, Royce. Yeah, thank you. I'm happy to dive into any parts of this of my journey or those uh, roles that you would like to hear about. Well, let's start from the beginning, Royce, because uh, I think I like I listen would like to hear from you. You know, um, I guess. From the beginning, that's a good place to start. (laughs) All right. Well, I grew up in a single-parent household. My mother and my grandma were Christians, and I grew up in the church my entire life. And like many teenagers, I think one in three right now in the U.S., we stray away from our faith in Christ and hit a bumpy road. And during that time away from Christ, I found uh, the man that I ended up marrying and went through 23 years of addiction and um, alcoholism and things uh, with him. In the interim, I had two children, though, and um, that's why I chose to stay. You know, the Bible says that God hates divorce and that we need to pray for our unequally yoked spouse, and I did that for a number of years until I just finally came to realize it was not going to work. And um, that's where the spontaneous journey came in. So God has brought me through quite a bit and has brought women in front of me to minister to who are struggling in their marriage and their identity in Christ. And that's just a role he continues to call me to play. So, um, so at what point uh, did you start uh, writing? Was that during uh, uh, the, the hectic marriage, or did you start doing that after? Or when did you start that? I started writing books after my marriage. Um, I went on a, a journey kind of to find myself and to be able to grow my business when I didn't have enough to really plant roots. And um, so I used that time to seek God and seek opportunity and traveled for 31 weeks. And that's what I called the spontaneous journey was 
just what opportunities opened up and what God presented me with and showed me about myself. And so it was an incredible learning experience of just being open to new things that uh, were presented to me every day as I traveled around the country and spent a month in Europe. So uh, your 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 uh, experiences, I guess, with your upbringing and the relationship with your husband and raising your kids, all combined is what kind of uh, prompted you to get on the road. I guess I'm here. Yeah, my kids have become adults, Lamont. Uh, by the time I got divorced, since uh, they were young adults on their own trying to find their own way and integrated with their own circle of friends. And I had the opportunity to just pick up and travel because I was writing a lot of marketing copy and that could be done remotely. And um, so I just picked up and went and saw some old friends to reconnect with them and then saw new places that I wanted to go to, in particular Nashville and Italy and was doing my writing from every place that I was at, and I was out networking and meeting new people and seeing how I could add value in the communities that I stopped in. Um, One particular event that I speak of in the spontaneous journey was being in Nashville and going into a social enterprise networking event where they – do good as their mission, and I was invited to travel with this nonprofit organization and cover a story of their missions work in Costa Rica. And so just by being open, God opened doors like that for me to really share my life with others and um, have the experience of travel and um, add value to an Mm -hmm. organization like that for just a moment in time. And so opportunity after opportunity like that presented itself. And it was just amazing to see that God had so much more than I could even ask or imagine. Well, you kind of led into one of my questions I was going to ask when you decided uh, to start your journey. um, How did you decide where to go? I had an insatiable desire to travel all my life and had not had much of a chance to do that until that moment in time. And so I chose some places that I wanted to go, like Nashville and Austin and um, all throughout Colorado and Italy and some other parts of Europe. Interestingly enough, I did not make it to all those places. Uh, God kind of stopped my journey along the way and slowed me down certain places. I went and visited a friend in Alabama, which, as you heard, was not on my list of uh, top ten places to go. But through visiting with her in Alabama, I ended up with a six-month contract in the panhandle of Florida, helping some startups get started and launched. And um, so that was just one part of my journey where God said, now here I have a purpose for you right here, right now. You're not to move on right now. And then 
Um, I never made it back to Colorado or Austin during that time that I was traveling. But when I did get to Italy at the end of that 31 weeks, I was reminded of the mountains of Colorado that I missed so dearly. And I came back to the U.S. and looked for a position to work with startups to help them build their businesses. And I found that back in Colorado. And so, again, just being open to God's will and his plan and not just my plan did present a different route than I was hoping to travel, but it was the perfect route at the perfect time. So would you advise anyone else that well, to 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 take that approach uh to just step out on faith and follow their dreams sort of as you did? I advise everyone to step out in faith and follow their dreams because we are really called for a purpose at this specific time in history. And if we have the faith to step out and go where God leads, it will be so much better than the plan that we have for our life. I also truly believe that God puts dreams down inside of us. And through those dreams, we are able to accomplish his purpose and glorify him. If we have fear about following our dreams and we go the nice, safe, secure route, we are actually robbing God of carrying out our purpose. And although God won't be thwarted and he'll still get done what he wants done, uh, we are living lives of quiet desperation and unhappiness and depression when we're not living the life that he has called us to live. Uh, What do you think is the biggest cause of that? The biggest cause of not living our life, Lamont? Correct. I would say it's fear. Uh, As high schoolers, sometimes we are encouraged to take a nice, safe corporate career job or to stay near family or... Um, you know, there there are multiple paths that we're encouraged by those that love and care for us that we are to take. Despite how much those people love and care for us, though, they cannot possibly love us more than God does. And so if he set a dream inside of us, despite how impractical or impossible it seems, he has all the the resources at his disposal to carry those out. And I would just encourage everyone not to let fear hold them back. I I think that's the biggest problem that we have, uh, Royce, is learning how to get out of our own way. I would agree. And and I think that's I guess where um, I guess your that's where your consultation and your teaching comes in, wouldn't it? Yeah, and I think sometimes we're in our own way without even realizing it. 
And, um, you know, we can stay in victim mode by blaming other people for our choices or the consequences of those choices. And I can tell you from experience that I don't stay in victim mode nor blame anybody else for the dysfunctional marriage I had. Um, I I was not walking with the Lord at that time in my life, nor was I pursuing the dreams and calling that he had laid before me. And had I been doing that, my life would have taken an entirely different trajectory. My goal now, because I've made mistakes in my life and have not followed the Lord's leading, is to show my children what a life fully lived looks like and to encourage them to follow their dreams, whether it's something that I would dream for them or not. It's so important that they follow the dream that they feel that God has laid out for them and um, to, to not make the mistake of running from the Lord for so many years. Uh, I, I well, I don't know. I, I think too that uh, a lot of the problem that we have in in stepping out of our own way is uh, society, um, you know, cultural beliefs, and I think you mentioned uh, family as well because what our, our parents believe in and how they deal with situations sometimes that's passed on to the children so on and so forth. So it takes a bit of work to realize what's been happening and not to repeat the same things that we've seen growing up. It sure does. I said during an interview I was in yesterday that sometimes parents pass on limiting beliefs that are untrue and not our true identity in Christ or our true calling. Um, because of their own fears or because they don't recognize them as limiting beliefs. And I know that I've passed on some of those to my children unknowingly and unintentionally. And um, so it's important to really explore the world for yourself and to question what you've learned and to ask, is it really true or is it a limiting belief? based on someone else's fears or environment. Good. So, so Roy, what have been some of your biggest challenges so far? Oh, my biggest challenge personally was to really overcome those limiting beliefs and to be very intentional about shifting my mindset. Um, Everything that I say, I will stop and ask, is that a true statement? Like in elementary school, for example, I was last picked in gym class. So for many, many years, I thought, well, I'm not athletic. That's not actually true. I've ridden horses, I've played basketball, I snowshoe, I kayak. You know, there are some sports I do. So by having the identity that I'm not athletic, I created something that I had to live through 
and I would resist learning different sports later on um, when actually what I should have maybe said is I'm not fast enough to play track. However, I'm coordinated enough to kayak. That would be closer to a true statement. Um, And I think that we all have those limiting beliefs that we don't realize are lies that we've told ourselves for years. And for me, I said I'm not athletic, but you can insert anything else in there. I'm not a gifted musician or I'm not uh, smart enough to learn to read. You know, we have the one of the lowest uh, literacy rates in any developed country. And there are kids out there today telling themselves that they're not capable of passing a test or reading at a 12th grade level. And that's simply not the truth. That's just the identity that they've been led to believe is true. One of the ways that I... I made myself aware of that lesson a couple of years ago is anytime I say can't or should in a sentence, I question, is it true? And I've been known to stop myself mid-sentence if I say, oh, Lamont, I can't do that. I don't know how. I might go, oh, Lamont, I can't do, oh, wait. I mean, I don't know how yet. But if someone were to teach me, I could learn. And I will literally stop mid-sentence and reframe that sentence. That's been the number one thing I've had to overcome. Um, In terms of the number one thing I've had to overcome in business, I think that your listeners can appreciate this. You know, entrepreneurs take risks and they believe in the risks that they're taking. And I have started 12 different businesses in my life, and after losing everything twice, I can say one of the biggest lessons I had to learn was to hire a business coach. Now, I'm saying that as a business coach because I have blind spots I don't see in my business. I can say something to my client uh, in a coaching session and then not realize the same thing is true of my business. For example, let's say I'm looking at your website and you have an About Us page without your picture. Well, my coach might go, Royce, look at your About page. It shows a picture of someone else or of your logo. You need a picture of you because this is a page about you. And it can be as simplistic as that, but as profound as that of just knowing that you have blind spots, that a coach can save you a lot of time and wasted money by investing in a coach that can see those things clearly in your business. So uh, do you, when you do your consultation, do you deal mostly with business owners or personal, I mean, should I say uh, private people, citizens, uh, dealing with relationships? I work with startup founders to help their startup businesses grow, and I also work with executives who need executive coaching to become even stronger, uh, more effective leaders in their organization. 
Okay. If you could change anything in your journey, what would it be? What would you do different? You know, we can look in the rearview mirror often and say that we would change things, and I definitely have some of those things on my list. However, I think if we look at a providential God that has all things in his control, um, that everything I've gone through has taught me some valuable lessons to get me to where I am today. And I am thankful for both the good times and the challenging times because of those lessons that I've learned and I would not change a thing. Uh, Royce, you've written more than one book, correct? I have, yes. Uh, what were some of the other books, and what were they about? Well, I've written a book that is off the market. It was a short love story, a novel of sorts, and um, because that's not my brand identity, I did take that off the market after releasing it. Um, but I've written The Spontaneous Journey, which has leadership and life lessons as well as business lessons in it and allows me to share the role that God played in that journey. And then I have recently released in 2019 Level Up, Visioning Your Leadership DNA, which is short stories that... Um, really focus on leadership lessons and how to become more effective and release that fear that you and I have talked about. The other um, book that I released in 2019 was Scale Up Your Profits, and both of those books can be found on Amazon. Scale Up Your Profits was written for the small business entrepreneur and the startup businesses who are on limited budgets because the number one problem that they face is knowing how to market and how to do online marketing on a shoestring budget. And so I really do a lot of DIY tips that they can do early on to set that foundation for success later on when their marketing budget gets larger. I know a whole lot of people need to take you up on that one. Now, there you go. Well, for 15 bucks, it's available on Amazon, Lamont. Yeah, I know a whole lot of friends need to take you up on that one. I know one of the other questions that uh, I skipped earlier on, um, uh, when you started your, your journey, uh, how did you generate income? And I know you had a speaking engagement uh, initially, that got you going, uh, did that continue after that? Um, actually, the speaking engagements were not what uh, I relied on for my financial revenue, but because I was writing marketing copy and working with clients worldwide, uh, they would contact me via email and say, would you write four blogs for me or would you write three pages of web copy for me and I could be anywhere in the world and send them an invoice and then send them the completed work and that's what allowed me to 
travel all that time was the fact that I could be a, a digital nomad and work from anywhere. How how were you found? Was it through referrals or through word, you know word of mouth or uh, how did they find you in order to hire you to do that? Yeah, word of mouth relationships and referrals were a hundred percent of my business, and um, I just really put value on my relationships and took time to get to know people. So I might spend two hours having coffee with you because you're involved in the business community. And because of that two hours getting to know you and finding out about your life and what you value and what your goals are, I could maybe connect you to someone or something that could help you achieve your goals. And you would just remember me from that conversation. And then a couple of weeks later, hey, Royce, I have someone that needs content. Can I introduce you? And um, my business grew organically through relationships and still does to this day. So what is your what is your passion now, Royce? I mean, outside of writing. Well, my my primary passion and revenue stream is coaching entrepreneurs because there's an 85% failure rate in the first five years among new businesses. And my vision is to see that flipped upside down and have an 85% success rate. Because, again, God has called us and equipped us to be capable of everything that we dream of accomplishing. So if we dream of launching a business and growing a business and being self-employed, we are completely equipped to be able to do that. We just need a coach to show us those blind spots. That's my number one thing that I love to do. Outside of work, though, I really still do love to travel, and I love being outdoors. I spend a lot of time in the mountains of Colorado hiking in the summer and snowshoeing in the winter and being outdoors in the sunshine. It gets pretty cold in Colorado, doesn't it? Oh, it does, but nothing like the Midwestern cold where I came from. Uh, In the Midwest, once it gets cold, it's cold for months. Here we have sun over 300 days a year, so it could be 40 degrees and sunny, and I could be out in a sweatshirt because it's just gorgeous. I I said to her read something here about uh what is this become a, a ministry a missionary I'm sorry How does that fit into your busy schedule Um well I've never been a missionary on the mission field and I have ministered um God has continued to bring me women who are hurting and broken in their marriages and their relationships and I just share Christ with them and uh, help them see their true identity in Christ and pray with them I've also spent a number of years as my kids were growing up leading the youth group and and uh, working around our high school youth group and I love that age and might be diving back into it as a matter of fact with my new husband, he and I are praying about getting involved with the high school youth group and 
I think that would be um, something I would welcome after a few years of not being so involved with our next generation. You asked how it how it would fit in with living life, and I think as Christians, we all should feel the call to give time and volunteer our gifts for the Lord. And um, I believe that he allows us time to do that so that we serve others and remember how humble we need to stay and feed into others' lives. Because if we get selfish and say that we don't have time for ministry, um, I believe a lot of spiritual fruit is lost in our lives by our selfishness. I agree. I think we can find time to do everything else but that. So I agree. Yeah, so what else would you like to know? I'm happy to take the conversation wherever you have questions. Well, I'm enjoying hearing you speak on your experiences. I kind of want to know, you know, where else have you been? I mean, we we talked about Costa Rica, and I think you mentioned uh, Italy. Uh, where else have your uh, journeys taken you? Um, Mexico, the Caribbean, Puerto Rico, Prague. England or the UK. Um, that's about it. Italy was and, my favorite. I think God has put a special um, place in my heart for Italy my whole life. And I ended up uh, couch surfing and staying with a friend there who has become a lifelong friend that I'll have forever now. So in these different locations, I mean, were you counseling, speaking, or, uh, you know, just taking in the terrain? Uh, For most of the locations, I was networking. In Europe, I've spoken in two different places. And um, in some places, I was just traveling. I used couch surfing and Airbnb. Uh, different places and it's just been a wonderful experience to see who God has put in front of me and what they need and how I can minister in their lives for that brief moment. And and while you were talking to these people on your journey and you were talking about God, did they have different views or different religions or uh different concepts in terms of spirituality? Mm, Yeah, quite often, actually. I've stayed with atheists. I've stayed with New Age people Um, in Europe. Of course, you get a lot of uh, Orthodox or Catholic, um, which is, you know, a variation, a more strict variation of our uh, ecumenical world here in the U.S. So there, there have been people from all backgrounds and religions, how, and I. Find how did, how did you hmm? fit in with them? How did you work with them? Well, I find that if you respect them, you can agree to disagree, and uh, you know when I'm speaking to someone that 
believes in the New Age religion, I might preface the sentence by saying, I know that you don't have the same faith I do, but from my perspective, here's the way I see it. And so I still get to share the gospel with them, but I mm. preface it by saying, you know, we we have different opinions of this. Yeah, uh, I, I guess that could be a, a little little interesting, especially um, <laughs> when, when you're a guest in somebody's home and they have different views. And I, I've been told many times that religion and politics is some of the hardest things to talk about sometimes. Yeah, that's what our parents told us, right? Stay away from religion and politics. Yeah, so I, I could find that a little bit different, especially when you're talking to different people in different parts of the world and uh, respecting uh, people's opinions and their views. I guess depending on how forceful they are with their thought process, that could get a little interesting. Yeah, I'm sure it can. Uh, and I said I've never been a missionary so I cannot imagine what the missionaries who are ministering to Muslims and Hindus full-time uh, in the Middle East think. Um, I know that they focus on building relationships and serving physical needs first before they get into that religious conversation with them. Um, but I cannot imagine how hard it must be when you really take a deep dive into Scripture and see the differences in each other's religious freedoms. Yes. I totally agree. That would be very interesting to see. So you got uh, any tours, anything lined up or anything local where people can come out and see you? Um, I will be announcing some mastermind retreats for business owners coming up in the, well, they'll happen in the fall, but I'll be announcing dates and locations in early spring. So if anyone wants to get on that mailing list and see the dates when they come out in late March, early April, they can go to my website, www dot your startup dot coach and fill out the contact form and just let me know you want mastermind dates and I am happy to send those to you when I get them confirmed. I had a question for you too, Royce. I haven't re uh, read your book yet, but this one's kind of been jumping at me. I know you've been uh, in your book. You you speak a lot on your journey uh, and. I guess what I really want to know, do you have any, um, oh, should I say, any lessons uh, in your book that would tell people, I mean, I guess show people, talk about what you've done, but uh, tell people what not to do. Is that incorporated as well? Or is it uh, in terms more? Of travel tips? <laughs> 
I guess I guess mean? not so much in travel tips, and maybe my question is not even on point because I know we talked about travel, and then we've also talked about you know God in the same conversation, and God has saw you through your travel. So I, I guess my question is in reading the spontaneous journey, do you talk uh, a little bit about how to help people overcome? Uh, some of your, uh, should I say, pitfalls? Mm. Specifically, no, I don't think there's a point in the book where I talk about that. I really share from personal experience. It's more like reading a fictional novel. However, Mm. it's not fiction. It was really my life in motion at that time. And uh, that's the perspective that I'm coming from is just personal stories of open doors, opportunity, overcoming fears, overcoming obstacles, um, those things that hold us back, hold us hostage in our life. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess where I'm trying to come together is, you know, at one point, you know, I'm thinking, you know, uh, your 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 journey, um, how God intervened, uh, how things um, uh, happened in your past to get you to do those things. That that's one part of the spiritual part, and then I guess the other part of my mind is clicking. Um, uh, business owner, uh, entrepreneur, uh, business coach. And I guess I'm trying to get to a, a clear point where they connect. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, the story really goes back and forth between personal and business. The story that I shared about Nashville and how I was at that networking event and got the invitation to go to Costa Rica, um, there's, you know, I spent six weeks in Nashville that year, and so I do integrate personal stories and business stories. Um, something that comes to mind, though, as you were forming the question, is that God sometimes uses people to get us to where we need to go and help us overcome our fears. And I, I can share something that's funny to me now, but wasn't at the moment. Uh, I was sitting in uh, in the panhandle of Florida in Panama City Beach oh, right around September. My consulting contract had ended, and I was planning a trip to Italy, but I had never been to Europe before. So despite the fact that we're talking about so much travel, I really had not had the opportunity to travel much prior to this. And so here I was as a 40-something-year-old woman taking my first trip to Europe, and I was looking online at tickets, and my daughter came up behind me as I said, oh, my gosh, I found this really good deal on tickets. And she came up behind me and clicked the the buy button Well, in Sometimes when you go overseas, they don't allow you trip cancellation. And so this Mm -hmm. was a non-refundable ticket, and she clicked buy. (laughs) Wow. Wow. 
for about 10 seconds, I was mad at her. I turned around. You know, that's a matter of time to go. And she says, Mom, exactly. That's why you're looking, because you've always wanted to go. Now you have to. Nothing is holding you back. And, um, you know, so I think sometimes God uses people in our lives to help us overcome our fear because as a 40-year-old woman who had never been overseas, um, there was fear. You know, people backpack and travel when they're 20 on, on summer breaks in college, but they don't travel alone as a fully grown woman. <laughs> your, your, your daughter fixed your daughter fixed that rather quickly, didn't she? <laughs> she did, she did, and I'm ever grateful for her for doing that because, like I said, God worked amazing things through that trip, and I just had the best experience ever, and would love to just go back there and live. I think one day, and so you know, God uses unlikely people and likely moments to help us overcome our fear and just take that leap of faith that you talked about in the very beginning of our conversation. Yes, and you also uh, mentioned something, too, as well, is uh, about staying open, staying open for opportunities and things that could possibly be coming our way. Yeah, and I think that we can do that so much easier when we travel. Because we're in when we're in our little bubble at home, going from home to work the same route all the time, the same time to go to the grocery store and all that, we just get in this monotonous habit forming life and if anything is out of the ordinary we judge it or we respond negatively to it. But travel makes us so much more open. We're just in an expanded state of mind, I think, where we're open to change or we're open to something new and out of the ordinary because we're in a different culture. And travel takes us and allows us to be more open and that is a very good point because a lot of people really don't know what they don't know. And I know that might sound crazy, but a lot of people really just don't know what they don't know because they never really went anywhere. They don't even have any experiences to to, to base a lot of the judgments or the opinions that they come to. I mean, what are they basing it on if they haven't, you know what I'm saying? They really haven't seen the world per se. Uh, they know their neighborhood, they know their comfort zone, and that's about it. But until you travel, like you're speaking on, you really don't realize it's it's a really a big world out there. And once you do travel and open yourself up to other people, other life experiences, other viewpoints, and you come back and look at you know where you came from, you could really see things a lot more clearer. And that's my opinion. I believe so. Yep. I would agree with that. People should really, really uh, think about coming off their block, so to speak, and, uh, you know, venture out. But I guess there's a certain inherent fear, too, 
if one has never really been anywhere, you know, but I always say, you know, you could always go back, but you can't always leave. So the first thing you need to do is pack your bags and try to go someplace else and leave the drama at home. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you had asked me earlier if I could do one thing over again. That might be what it would be is just sending my kids away on a trip in between high school and college or somewhere in that younger, impressionable age and allowing them to experience the world alone and problem-solve alone and uh, be open to other cultures and uh, differences and I think that would be a valuable experience for them. Oh, I think it's some older people that would value that experience too. So anytime you get ready, you can send me to, um, to, <laughs> to you send me to you can send me to Egypt anytime you get ready. Believe it or not, Egypt is on my travel list too. <laughs> Well, I'm sure if anybody go to get there, you will. Yeah, you will. My hope. So, how was your experience? I know you you've written stuff, um, some some copy for you know what is it, Huffington Post and Charity Magazine and stuff. How was it working for those people? You know, everybody is. Uh, Everyone that you write for is a little bit different in their culture and their experience. Huffington Post is actually a platform that anyone can write for. You just have to submit your article and um, pray that they take you and like your style and like the value of your information. Mm-hmm. I've uh, only written a three-part series for them on social enterprise, and that was several years ago. Now, Charity Magazine was a um, Central Florida magazine when I lived in Central Florida, and we would feature some of the great things that were happening in the community and the impact that the nonprofit organizations were having on the community. And so that was a, a monthly column and sometimes feature stories that I would write. And that was a great experience. There's so much negative news on mainstream media that anytime we can feature what's going on that's positive in the world and who's making a difference in their community, it's exciting. And um, so the, the publisher that I was working for had a vision for that, and I was fortunate to be a part of it for a couple of years until the magazine um, closed to uh, other pursuits that he has gotten involved in. Have you ever thought about taking up a career in just marriage counseling? No, no. <laughs> I'm say, going to no, stick to no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seemed like you was seemed like you was tiptoeing it anyway when you you spoke on you know talking to you know women that had trouble relationships and stuff. No, I keep telling God I'm not qualified to do that. And, um, you know, our marriages, I'm married to a wonderful man now, recently got remarried. And um, the church, 
inside the church has the same divorce rate as outside the church. And I don't know what our fundamental problem is that we have such a high divorce rate, but I think a lot of it has to do with selfishness and pride. And um, I don't feel qualified to counsel marriages that are in trouble, but I do know that we need to turn the tide on the high divorce rate and really value the covenant of marriage. Um, And again, I don't have a clue how to do that, Lamont, but God has people out there working on that, I am sure. Yeah, I I am too, but I just thought about it since, uh, you know, your work was so close, I guess so, so close to it because, um, I guess a lot of entrepreneurs um, have problems at home as well because a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, that's all they think about is work, you know, 99% of the time. So, you know, other parts of their life is is lacking. Not to interject uh, uh, substance abuse uh, or other uh, uh, domestic issues, whether it's verbal abuse or physical abuse. And all those can come from uh, the economic situation. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And definitely the stress and strain of growing your own business can cause strain in your marriage. Um, But I can tell you that professional athletes have multiple coaches. You know, Tiger Woods has a putting coach and a long game coach and a stance coach, a mindset coach, uh, all different kinds of coaches for him to be one of the greatest golfers that ever lived. And I think that business owners need the same kind of care. And I'm focused on their business and their revenue model and their messaging. They need another coach to deal with their marital issues or life coaching or other aspects of their um, being, either personal or professional. For somebody for somebody out there that's an entrepreneur in the beginning stages that don't have a budget, what do they do? How do they get a coach when they can't really afford uh, a coach? What do, what do they do? Yeah, there are so many resources out there now that are free, like podcasts. Um, I know uh, Gary Vee and Seth Godin have podcasts and blogs and uh, YouTube videos and trainings that they've recorded from presentations they've done to larger audiences. And so there are always those free resources out there. I'm an avid reader. And there are numerous books. You know, Audible makes it so easy for us to download a book and get education on the go. Um, And then a lot of coaches, including myself, have lower price entry points for their training. You know, I did a um, five-hour mastermind for some of my private coaching clients. My private coaching clients pay me somewhere between $3,500 and $15,000 a year. And so this is very high-end coaching. 
but I recorded that session and I have it for sale for I forget $100 or $200 online so you get five hours of high quality training on how to um, how to hit your first million in revenue for only a couple of hundred dollars. So I know that there are all kinds of resources from free to minimal in cost that are available to entrepreneurs today. Well, uh, I just wanted you to, to speak on that a little bit for our listeners out there, because I'm sure there's people out there that would like to get a coach, but would not, don't know how to get a coach and don't really have the funds in place at this juncture to get a coach. So I just wanted you to speak on that a little bit to at least let them know how to get started. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, they won't be sitting there at the stoplight uh, with the motor running and not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, though, that sacrifice and investment are worth it. I went many years without a coach, and you will either waste the money and trial and error and the mistakes you make, or you'll invest the money in a coach and get there so much quicker. And the first time I hired a coach, it was 50% of my annual revenue that I was making at that time. So I certainly did not have the money to hire a coach, but I made the sacrifice and the money came. And I think there's a point with every entrepreneur that's going to succeed that will make that sacrifice just like an athlete that is going to the Olympics. You know, they put aside their social calendar and their uh, dating relationships and everything else for a short amount of time to get the reward in the long term. Which is definitely worth it. And you definitely need to invest in yourself in order to get to where you're going. But, um, Royce, we're down to a couple minutes left in the show, so tell our listeners, again, where they can go get your book and how they can get in contact with you. Ah, excellent. Thank you. Yeah, go to www.yourstartup.coach to find me online, and you do need to enter the www, or it will give you an error message. Um, And you can search me on Amazon at Royce Gomez. Just enter that in the Amazon search window and my books will pull up and be available to you either in the Kindle version or the paperback version. Thanks so much, Lamont, for having me. Uh, Thank you, uh, Ms. Gomez, for joining us. And for the listeners that joined us late, you can hear the whole show in its entirety in a couple of minutes and uh, it's available on all the platforms, so you don't have no excuse not to be able to hear the show. And especially for my entrepreneurs, uh, Ms. Gomez gave you some jewels to help you get your business up and going and where it needs to be. So definitely go see her, get her book, let her know where you heard about her on this show. We greatly appreciate it. And again, Ms. Gomez, thank you so very much for joining us. We definitely appreciate you. Thank you, Lamont. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. We'll be back next week, everybody. Same bad time, same bad channel. You know, you know.
love me. 